You're listening to Welcome back, Korean Drama Podcast, where we're discussing Pachinko! 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 Yes, um, very efficient opening. Let's get to it. Uh, <laughs> this, oh, is second, this is our second <laughs> endeavor. We started off with a long, rambling intro. Um, and we were like, you guys don't want to hear this. <laughs> but now all three of us, because Kathy was, uh, was busy, uh, busy being Hollywood. Uh, was she? I don't know. <laughs> Kathy's got an important Hollywood job, y'all, mm-hmm. and me and Steve are also here. <laughs> yes, yes. But um, yeah, we we barely just got through discussing the the title sequence, and then Kathy joined <gasps> us, and now we can uh get on with it. Wait, and this we is... were. Oh, I huh? have a title sequence thought. Oh, you okay. have a title sequence? Share it. I okay. do. Share with us. Share it because. It's a huge deal, right? They say that like Korean people under the Korean like colonialism are not allowed to wear white. But oh. in the opening title, Sunja is very clearly wearing like a very like a white satin hanbok. Kore. White, probably cotton. Oh. Like, it, it looks shiny. I, That's why I, I said. Did, oh, was it shiny? I did notice that. Um, I did notice that. I didn't have that context of like. I didn't realize that the, that Korean people were not supposed to be wearing white. But I did notice like, oh, she's wearing this like very like clean looking handbook. Um, so that's a very astute observation, mm, Kathy. Yes. Was that where did I get near the rambles? No, no we you were got rambling. Well past. We were just talking about uh, Sanja or old. Sanja Yunya Jung, her starter oh, yeah. jacket. That's all we're talking I loved about. her starter jacket. Her and I was talking about. I, I don't know why I'm bringing this up because we specifically cut <laughs> because it was so rambly. But I was like, oh, I love her starter jacket. It looks like something my mom used to have, and I used to wear something similar, and I called it swishy pants because. Mm. Anyway, this is why we cut it. Um, <laughs> but here we brought it back again. <laughs> Never oh getting ahead gosh. of ourselves, but going backwards. We yes. are going to go backwards a ton. <laughs> and you know what? Listeners, I think that's what you come to the show for. Yep. Yes. Yep. And, oh, speaking of, I know, Kim, I'm so jealous of your conspiracy last episode, which I'm sure we'll get into. Oh, my God. Kathy's um, on fire. I, I, I'm coming in hot. I have, I have a conspiracy as well. Ooh, do you want to share it now or shall we wait? I, I want to share it now because it's not. it doesn't come in to contact. It's like a thought I had in the beginning. Okay. I wonder if the Korean landowner is someone we've already met. And I <gasps> wonder if it's the woman in the polka dotted dress who's always <gasps> flirting with Hansu. Jian. Oh. Jian? Yeah. Oh. oh. Because do we know her name? They mentioned it briefly. <gasps> Oh, so this is an easily no wait 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 wait, wait. I'm sorry I need to pop your conspiracy no! theory to no! deflate it because I did read to get a little bit ahead um, you know how she was like um, there's that one scene where she spreads out her uh, her schoolwork I guess or like she got yeah, some sort of certificate yeah I thought that was really sweet so I read her name um, mm. and it says her name is um, what was it I think it was Han Kumja. Kumja is her name, not Jiyeon. 
Okay, so I'm wrong. I should have just let you guys ramble. Unless unless she changed her name. That's possible too. Okay. She could have changed your name, Kathy. I'm still. I'm gonna. I'm gonna still hang on to. How, I, I like your conspiracy, and that I hope good. that you're right. I like that. And that would. That would have been a seed planted. Ugh. That would be such a seed. And while we are on the topic of this character and actress, I just want to say thank you to Jesse on Twitter for figuring out that the Korean homeowner uh, that we're speaking of right now. Is the actor is an actress in Squid Game as well? Because in the last episode, I was like, she looks so familiar. Uh, Who the hell uh, is this? I was looking on IMDb. I was looking on Wikipedia. I couldn't figure it out. Jesse, bless you for sending the My Drama List link to our Twitter. Thank you so much. Um, Jesse my Drama sent, List? Yeah. Jesse sent uh, the, the link to My Drama List for Park, Park Hyejin. Um, and she is also in Squid Game as Sangwoo's mother. <gasps> Oh, yes, oh. of course. Oh, obviously. Ah, obviously. Oh. But I was like, because I, I knew it. I knew. I was like this. She has such like a, a kind face. And I was like, oh, her face is so familiar. Like, oh, was she I from? see She's it Sung-woo's now. mother. Yeah. Could yeah. it? Sung-woo's yeah. Sung-woo's Oh, wow. Good eye. I, I just cut. thought, oh, she looks so familiar. Just like most Korean grandmas to me, at least. Like a very familiar face. No, she's face. A specific because remember at the end of Squid Game. Well, I don't want to spoil Squid Game for. <laughs> I wish we did that. I wish we covered Squid Game. I know, I uh, know, but we anyway, still can it's not too late. Really, get could. it like three months, three years after it's relevant. <laughs> like, whatever. <laughs> I mean, really, season two is going to come out eventually. Yeah, so. we'll do season two, or we'll do um the his his new show about like like it's like about violence and uh or it's old it's people. supposed to be even more violent and yeah. it's about old people. Kim's favorite violence. I yeah. hate violence. <laughs> Um, but anyway, yes, Jesse, so appreciative because Thank that, you, like, you know, when you have like a thing, you just like simply can't think of, and I don't have the the resources. My the, drama the website list. is called My Drama List. MyDramaList.com. It's and like the, the Korean IMDb. Is yeah. It's like better than that's the IMDb for K dramas. Yes, oh, okay. it, it does seem to be so for that. So. Thank cool. you, Jesse. Yeah. Thank you, Jesse. Nice. Oh, I'm so relieved. I so know. Am I. Oh, man. Good eye. Good eye. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, just, this is all a team effort, you know? It it's is. It's all a team effort. I wonder if there's like a crossover universe where it's like, they're all kind of, she's the same character. Across right. Well, I did. Series. I did think. I did think that because this is a little bit of a spoiler for Squid Game. But oh my god, it came out so long ago, and I like feel like everybody's seen it. But like at the end, if you haven't seen it, just like jump ahead thirty seconds. At the end of Squid Game, when um this the, this actress Pakistan um when she has uh, what's the little boy's name uh Sebiok's brother um like I was like oh what if Sebiok's brother is her son in this show one of her kids in this show what if there's that crossover you know what i mean because remember like sebyeok dies and so sangwoo's mother ends up being the caretaker for sebyeok's little brother i think his name's like chor um, oh really well he was in the orphanage um i think at, at best sangwoo's mother would have to be a descendant of the Korean landowner, right? Because the Korean landowner is in 89. Ooh. And Sangwoo's mother, we assume is current day, right? They have like modern cell phones. That's, That's true. true. Mm, 
if not but for the time be. factor. Damn, all, all of our conspiracies we're getting so are getting close. Ah, except okay. for yours, Kim. Except for yours. No, because I think okay, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. But I did think I literally wrote down that I think that my conspiracy theory was wrong. Really? Because I wrote because there. Okay, little behind the scenes, there was a moment where we were not sure if Kim would join us uh, this week for the podcast, and mm. I wrote down, Kim, you need to be here to like live out your conspiracy coming through. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, let's just get into it then because we have a lot to get to to get to that point, right? Yes, yes. And like, can I just say, I love the beginning because it just like shows such like, I don't love the word authentic, but I do think it's like a a genuine representation from like Asian cultures is that it begins with like different scenes of people feeding other people. Mm. Uh, I think in fact, it's different scenes of Sunja feeding other people. And like preparing and serving food, which is such like an act of love in our community. So I thought it was like such a nice mm-hmm. representation and seeing mm-hmm. the different ways she makes rice. And oh boy, guys, Sunja is pregnant. Ah, Sunja is pregnant. Or she just might have had a bad case of clams the night yeah. before. <laughs> I thought that was a really funny line. Uh, <laughs> did I just eat a bad clam? I was like, no, girl, you're pregnant. Um, well, and this is where, Kim, the stuff that you're pointing out about the age difference gets, like, real shady real fast. Oh, I, mean, I hated it. I I have to say, off, like, from Jump today, I have to say I'm not Team Hansu. He is my enemy. If I crossed him in a dark alley, I would, ooh. like, you know. I like violence on him? I, I don't think I have the capability. <laughs> he seems much bigger than me. But I would, like, definitely be like, ooh, you're bad. And then I just like keep on my way. But I'd be like, oh, you're a bad person. Thinking some bad thoughts. Yeah. I literally forever. wrote down dirtbag. Yeah. Like, oh, this not is so the funny. vibe. If we were doing nicknames still, I nicknamed him Six Flags because there are six red flags that I see him show. And I mean, that is like getting a little ahead of ourselves. Oh, my God. I love it. I cannot wait to hear what these six red flags are. Well, one of the red flags we know, it's the age difference. That's red flag one. Oh. Um, yeah. To go back to what you said, you know, Sanja's pregnant and this is very not K-drama, right? Because K-dramas are so chaste and this is like, you know, to to be pregnant by somebody who is not your husband. Like and to be pregnant, I think in a K-drama at all is like it's very not K-drama. I don't think I've ever seen a pregnancy happen in a K-drama. <gasps> Representation matters. Mm. Not to mention like Hansu ripping off her like exterior garments to you know reveal yeah her underwear oh or whatever. and and so we have all been so worked up about this hand graze and we finally saw it in this episode <gasps> and i was like this was so anticlimactic how dare you <laughs> really how dare you include that in the trailer when it was a so short and b so gross it was like not anything as opposed to Okay, so I have been watching Bridgerton season two. No, I haven't seen season one. It was fine. I <laughs> I understood it, um, but in that, I was like really expecting that would be more similarities between you know the sexual tension in Bridgerton season two and the sexual tension that the trailer led me to believe that there would be in Pachinko, and then instead it's just like truly it, it could have just been two people who accidentally bumped hands in a market because it's really crowded. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah, this wasn't the this wasn't the uh, Korean Bridgerton uh, we thought it would be. No, quite the opposite, had... actually. It seems like 
We were so hopeful. <sighs> but we have to leave them for a moment because something else big has happened in the 89 timeline, which is that Kyungi has died. Very sadly. So mm-hmm. sad. We see a little little Oscar acting moment from Yoon Ye-jung. Yeah. It was really heartbreaking, like seeing her discover that her sister-in-law was dead. I was like, oh my God, you are really like she's really doing a master class on acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then we see um I can't I can't remember if this was on record, but uh I think we were briefly talking that there will be like a religious section in this book, and we see that the older Sunja is very enamored with this young pastor who comes to like, you know, tell them where to place the ashes before they bury Kyungki's ashes or, or spread them or what have you. Um, right. There's a comical moment there. Yes. Because, Solomon tried to, uh, yeah, place yeah, the ashes. And his face was so funny when yeah, yeah. Uh, Pastor Ree was like, I think you should put it on the piano. And Solomon's face was like, fuck. And He's so I was offended. Like, Welcome to being a woman in the workplace, Solomon. Yes, Solomon. Think about that um, at your next board meeting. Yeah, think it over. I did think that this character was interesting because um, one of my Korean adoptee friends had told me that in the book, this character is a Korean adoptee. So I was curious. I I have read the the couple pages where it talks about his um, him being a Korean adoptee adopted to the United States, I believe. Um, And I was curious to see, you know. It seemed like he was not a Korean adoptee in the in the TV adaptation. Um, but I am curious to see, you know, if that comes out. They certainly mm-hmm. I'm I, very in, I'm very interested in Korean adoptee representation, of course. I but. I want that for you. I did not get that in I did not feel that at all from him. Did you, Steve? Yeah, he seems straight up uh motherland uh born and raised. Yeah, he seemed I mean he kind of seemed Korean American to me, but he really didn't seem like Korean adoptee, but like in the book, he I'm he pretty sure kind of seemed like Simu like... Lu a little bit. <laughs> Simu Lu vibes. Was it Simu Lu? Jesse, tell us. <laughs> oh Just my kidding. Gosh. We know it wasn't. <laughs> we know it wasn't. Um, to be honest, I didn't love the representation for the book, so I was oh. glad to see that it was not. Um... Wait, Kim, you're saying that somebody told you that this Pastor Ree character was in the book and he was a Korean adoptee? In the book, yeah, he, they they like sent me the the section from the book, and the pastor in the book is a Korean adoptee, oh. and like it's specifically, uh, it, it does talk. I I can't recall it all offhand, but it does t- specifically talk about like how he was so privileged, and he like you know was he grew up in like an American household, and then he like moved to Japan to to teach, uh the gospel to Korean people. And I just like, you know, uh, it, it bumps me when, when non-adoptees write about the adoptee experiences being very privileged because while many of us do experience certain types of privilege that are uh, not experienced by Koreans or Asian people who grow up in Asian households, uh, it is, uh, it flattens our experience to represent us as being extremely privileged, especially uh, it like rubs me the wrong way when non-adoptees present that. Cause I'm like, Okay, I get it that maybe you think this, but... um. Well, I guess we don't stay with him for too long because we go back to this gross, gross, gross relationship. And Hansu has been missing for a while, but he returned. I guess they were, like, trying to say that he has, like, more opportunities in Japan or elsewhere or whatever. Um, 
And he's also, he's like weirdly flirting with a polka dotted dress lady who's not the Korean landowner. We get it. Well, we don't know that for sure, though, Kathy, because she could be. She She might have changed her name from a Korean sounding name to an even more Korean sounding name. (laughs) I don't know why that would be the case for someone who lives in Japan, but maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Um, And here's where the second red flag comes in is that he's very adamant that the child be a boy. Oh, because she tells him that she's pregnant. But, right, right. right. <laughs> I, miss, I skipped that big, big part to say that he's very adamant that he wants a boy, which is a red flag. I know it's of the time, but I'm going to count it as a red flag. I agree. I agree. Especially it's like, just I agree. I mean, yeah. they kind of go went about this in a very <laughs> unconventional way. It's only after she reveals that she's pregnant does he go oh by the way i got a family in osaka um okay okay <laughs> and this was the big like you're a freaking dirt bag it makes the age gap worse i was like you are a bad person because then he's also like he's like oh you and your mother will want for nothing the baby will want for nothing and like you and me can have more kids together and i was like uh what uh, you're twice her age. You have a family. You have three daughters who live all in Osaka, and you want to create a whole second family with Sanja here. And, and me? he he says he thought she knew, which is she's seventeen at the most. You have to be upfront. I mean, it's really like terrible behavior. Yes. It's just like such dirtbag behavior. It makes me hate him so much. Ugh. Kathy, I thought you were calling him Six Flags because of this part where he was like, she she breaks the news that she's pregnant. And his reaction goes from very like sullen and quiet to suddenly, I'm I'm happy, yay! Like a roller coaster of just like going up and down. Oh, you know? that's interesting. That's another section oh, of it. That's funny. That is, yeah. yeah. I did not catch that. This guy is all over the place. He is. Well, okay, and maybe this is like, this is good acting or whatever. But the third uh, red flag that I saw is that he gets mad at her for being upset about the like family reveal, which feels like a very right. normal reaction to me anyway. And then yeah, yeah. And she's oh, and he gets mad at her. He's like, he's like, why are you bringing up marriage? I'm like, okay, yes, because that's four. Gaslighting. She's 17. Yeah, she's six. I I think somebody else told us on Twitter that in the book she is 16 and <gasps> he's supposed to be twice her age. No! no. Okay, so we've got some notes. No. Um, but anyway, like, so she's 16 and she's like, yeah, like this is this is this is what the time necessitates, you know, and talking about Bridgerton, and this is the same as in the Bridgerton Times, which is like a hundred years before, you know, is like uh is like, yeah, you have to marry the person that you impregnate. Like that's that's unfortunately what the the societal you know thing is. So why are you getting mad at her for bringing this up when obviously it's you that knew how to make a baby and you were not taking any sort of protective measures to and protect he was not, her? He was not doing that. Uh, what's that guy's name in Bridgerton? He was not doing his method. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I see a little do. bit. Of I do know about this. I didn't see <laughs> yeah, I know about that. I know about that. Yes, I mean. Honestly, truly bad behavior. I'm so disappointed in Hansu, even though I wasn't on his team to begin with. And I always thought he was not not okay. That's even worse because your expectations were low. And then my he expectations was like, were so low. 
<laughs> and he was like, no, no, no. Okay. Let's talk. The fifth and sixth red flags was that he was rude mm. to disabled people. And then also yeah. that gift was condescending as hell. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was like, Sunja, run. Yeah. Like the, the watch? Yes. The stopwatch? That the you can't watch? read. Oh. <laughs> I mean, he didn't know that. I think he, he did because he was like, oh, you'll learn how to read it. Like, you're smart. You'll learn. Yeah. And I think it, it also struck me very much as like a grooming thing. Of yes. Like, I will oh. teach you how to do these like you know, I'll I'll teach you how to read a watch. I'll teach you how. And he he goes over this too when he's like, "Oh, you and me will have this life separate from my wife and my kids." Like it felt very icky. I really don't like it. I like. It's kind of creepy when you put it that way. A hundred. I mean, that's the vibe that I got. And yeah, also I wrote down that he he was like he got so he got so mean because he's like, "Oh, you want me to? You try to like force." me to marry you because no one else will what a fucking monster i was like burn in hell bye yeah take your mushrooms we don't want them take your <laughs> mushrooms and your dirty laundry do it yourself <laughs> goodbye Can I add a seventh flag that could yes. be there okay that or an eighth <gasps> it's wow. it's raining his mm-hmm. suit never gets soaked or wet mm. what kind of voodoo magic Water repellent is on his suit jacket. Devilish powers. Suspect. We don't love it. Or what did what did Sanja do to <gasps> like you know treat the jacket? Like you know oh. maybe she did. So, she puts like Scotch Guard or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> something care she, to be caring to him, and like you know now he disrespects her like this when she's pregnant with his child. I was oh. like. <sighs> Get out of here. Like, I do not want to see you again. He used her for her body. He used her for her laundry secrets. What next, Hansu? What next? There's a lot of things that don't make sense. Like, like for example, he's, like, all excited that, oh, yeah, you're going to have a son. I can feel it. Yeah. And then, and then in the same breath, I feel like he's also being, like, when he's down on going down the roller coaster, he's, like, Oh, well, what if he has a deformity like your dad? You know, like, yeah, that was so rude. So, I was like, rude. which one is it? Well, because, <sighs> like, he's being manipulative, you know, he's like, he, he wanted things to go a certain way, which is that he wanted to have his cake and eat it too. You know, he wanted to have his wife and three daughters in Osaka and then additionally have his girlfriend and, you know, other children here where I don't even know what town they're in. Um, and then she's like, no, that's not like I, that's not OK with me. I didn't know you were married because I'm 16. And then he becomes really like nasty to her. And that's mm-hmm. like Hallmark. You're a bad person. Like, yeah, I guess that's what they're trying to show. He, like behind his cool suits and like fedoras is like a kind of like a hot tempered dude who's kind of unstable and unpredictable. And you know what I'll say is that Kim was not fooled by the fedora or the suits. Kim knew from the beginning. I could sense it. I was like, you're bad. (laughs) You're bad. And I do. Okay, so I do want to say that this is where I uh, a bit before this is where I wrote down. Okay, maybe I was wrong about Hansu not being the patriarch because she is pregnant with his child. And so we don't know yet what's going to happen. You know, we don't know, like, if if the pregnancy is going to reach full term or, like, you know, we don't know, like, 
obviously it doesn't seem like he's going to be the patriarch of the family in like the caretaking sense, you know, like in the in the sense of like a father being, you know, a father like uh, it seems like he may be um, the patriarch in the family in a biological sense. I see. We don't know yet. You mean, but I still think you're right. (laughs) Even though she's pregnant. I mean, I won't I won't get ahead of myself. Um, but speaking of being pregnant, there's like another hottie in the wings just Ooh! waiting. Tuberculosis. <laughs> Tuberculosis hottie. <laughs> yeah, old times were wild, man. You just like sat in the same room as a person with tuberculosis. I was like, I was like somebody put a mask on. Oh, my God. Wait, is it contagious like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. that's yeah. why like they make you do like the te- like they they make you do that test uh if you think you have tuberculosis i think it's like super contagious oh shit yeah they, they gotta be masking up what the hell oh yeah and it like just a very small side tangent my grandma worked in a tuberculosis ward in the camps and uh Whoa. they did not like give them the proper uh proper oh, protections no. and you know your girl got <gasps> tuberculosis oh, oh no she recovered but oh it was fucked up that is super fucked up. Oh no! Yeah. <gasps> what if then Sunja's mom is gonna get tuberculosis <gasps> and die? Well, to your point too, if Sunja gets tuberculosis, that could be very harmful for the baby. Baby. Oh boy, they really need oh, some KF ninety fours. Hold up, this. Okay. His name is Isak. Mm. Isaac. I guess the Korean way of saying Isaac, these biblical names, because for various reasons, um, Christianity is really hot in Korea. Really hot. Um, And so like uh, he's uh, he's what? He's like a missionary. It does seem that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's spreading. He's trying to spread the gospel. (laughs) Oh, no. He's spreading TB. Exactly. Oh, Oh, God. He does he know these things or what? I mean, it seems like people, uh, the number of movies know. where uh, people just like have TV and they're just like out in the world is like, it's a lot. So it seems like people really just were like, I don't know, I'm coughing they're just, blood. They're just living with it. It's an endemic. Yeah. Like, Gotta learn to live with the TV. Oh, here's another point to your point, Kim, that um, Hansu doesn't become the patriarch is that mm. when we flash back to modern times, we see we learn from um, older Sun Sunja that uh, Kyung Hee took care of Sunja's child while she worked. So yeah, no, Hansu didn't help out. He's not even good about his word about like helping her financially. Yeah, of course not. And something something else that I that I wrote down is that uh, Kyung Hee is Sunja's sister in law, but we don't know whose sister she is, right? Not yet. So that's that's a seed. That's like, you know, who is Kyung Hee's brother? Well, you know, we do because we learn we learn pretty soon. It's very short. Well, to be fair, no, we don't. We learn that someone we know knows her, but we don't. Knows who? Knows Kyung Hee. Knows Kyung Hee. But we don't mm. know if that means they're siblings. Hmm. Right? We'll have to draw this out in a chart. Well, I just, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Okay. Well, oh, I'll just tell you guys. <laughs> I'll get ahead of myself. Yeah, just tell <laughs> us. I, I, 
I because I don't have any more notes written down in between what we're talking about and what you're talking okay, about. Okay, so. so tuberculosis hottie is like convalescing in the boarding oh. house, and yeah. they're like looking through his stuff, which is like kind of rude, but they're trying to figure out who he is, right? And that's when they find yeah. all the religious stuff, and they're like, "Oh, should we report him?" But they also find a postcard to a couple of people, one of whom is Kyung Hee, saying that he landed safely and was like, "Oh, it like stated okay. his plans." So no, then no, this corroborates... His, his, his postcard was to his parents to tell them that he's met up with Kyunghee and Yosep in Osaka. Right. But that means he knows Kyunghee. Yes. Well, so the big thing that comes out at this scene is that Solomon wants um, his grandmother, Sunja, to talk to the Korean landowner because he thinks that will uh, sway her. And I guess... So they get there and there's a lot of reminiscing... It's great. More- the rice thing was so nice. Like, it made me really sad, but it was, like, such a beautiful moment between those two older women. When they were talking about how different rice tastes? Yeah, like, when, like, when like uh, this was another fabulous acting moment by Yoon Yeo-jung when she, like, tastes the rice and immediately she knows that it's Korean rice. I was like, oh, that's so nice. It's true. Uh, Korean rice and Japanese rice taste very different. <laughs> what rice do we uh- eat in the U.S.? Um, I eat rice I from Ralph's. I don't think it's Japanese rice. Yeah, what? Because Japanese rice is like is next level. I have to admit, it's when I used to teach some of my students would be like, when I ask them like, oh, "What's your favorite food?" and they're like, "Rice." I'm like, "And?" Because I'm always used to thinking you eat rice as a supplement to some other like more mm. savory dish. People just like rice, and then I understood why because the rice is so there's like a sweetness to it and it's very delicious. Where does Trader Ming's rice come from? Is that Japanese? Because <laughs> that's the rice I eat. Yeah, it's from comes from uh, Monrovia. Oh, okay. <laughs> I see. Very authentic. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of authenticity, I don't know if I'm being nitpicky, but I there's something that stood out to me that I felt like was wrong mm. in that scene when they're in the landowner's house, which is when they're about to eat, there's a jar with chopsticks and spoons just sticking in it. Yeah. And if you're going to have a guest over, you would have set the table with the utensils out first, and then you bring out rice and other foods. But do you think, I I, I think that's a very interesting observation. Um, do you think that because the landowner like, was like not really inviting them, like she wasn't planning on having them, do you think that's why it's like that? True. Because they that just could, like yeah, showed fair up. Point. Fair point. But then I was like, and I wanted to ask you guys, um, as in my experience, I don't know of anyone who sticks their, who stores their chopsticks and spoons vertically in a jar like that. A mason jar at that. It wasn't cool in the 80s to have a mason jar, was it? But So I was like, that kind of feels out of place. Does that denote that she's poor though? Because I feel like that's a big like thing that they like keep bringing up. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. I knew a friend who kept her all her uh, chopsticks or her mom did in like, like a same thing as like a cooking utensil thing. They had so many chopsticks, Mm. I remember. Mm. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if that's like a Japanese thing, a Japanese American thing. Like, I don't even know. Oh, I I would say for Koreans, I don't think Koreans do that. They wouldn't store it out in the open like that. You have your drawer where you have your spoons, your chopsticks and your forks, whatever. No matter how poor you are, you know, you just mm. wouldn't organize stuff like that. So I thought that was kind of odd. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, also odd is that we leave the scene not really knowing. Like, the green owner, it seems like, still rejects them at the end of the scene. Or rejects the offer anyway to, like, sell oh, yeah. her Oh, she hug. straight up calls out Solomon's strategy. Yeah. It is shady, I gotta say. But you know what, though? It happens. Like, uh, I think there's a thing, at least with Koreans, where you're like, hey, if they're a fellow Korean, then they'll give us the homie hookup, you know? Well, <laughs> that's why he went, to be fair. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he does bring this up when he and uh, Sunjar at the train station, too. Like, you know, she kind of, like, scolds him a little bit for it. And he's like, he's like, yeah, this is how I have to get ahead. Like, this is this is what I have to do to, like rise to the top at you know his his wherever it is that he works um yeah solomon's kind of he he actually acts in my mind very kind of aggressive to this older lady when he gets called out um and w- maybe we could chalk it up to his american upbringing a little bit mm-hmm. it's like you normally wouldn't talk back like that to someone so senior oh yeah i did like though not th- i didn't like this about solomon but uh like Similarly, in terms of the dynamic, like when uh, Sunja starts crying and Solomon's like, I'm sorry, we shouldn't have come. And then the landowner is like, is like, like, do like, don't shame your grandma for crying because she earned those tears. I was mm. like, wow, very powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although I guess the other thing we learned from this scene is that like we plant the seed, as it were, that Sunja's going to want to return to Korea, that she hasn't at right. least. Mm-hmm. Right, that she hasn't returned to Korea. And I thought that was so sad, too, when she was like, she was like, I felt like, you know, what was the point? Because so much has changed. And that made me really sad. Yeah. Her yeah. acting's so good. So and good. And I think the Korean, I mean, I think all the acting is really good. Um, yeah. The, w- w- like the t- these two grandmas, like, interacting, it feels very, <laughs> very familiar and natural. It's like, oh, I've. I've seen and know people like this. This is very real and relatable. And I think that feeling is so relatable too of like feeling like you have been kind of like uh, like lonely in a way, even if you didn't realize it in your experience and then seeing somebody that has that experience too that like immediately can know, you know, this rice is from Korea, that kind of mm-hmm. thing and like reminiscing on the the good old days. Um I think everyone can relate to that feeling of like a, a kindred spirit of somebody who is like, oh, yes, we we have this sh- shared experience. And I thought that was really, really beautifully portrayed. Yeah. Yeah. Like a modern day version for us would have been something like, oh, my God, you got American peanut butter. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, th- that actually like ties in kind of nicely because Sanja tells her mom that she's pregnant and that. She won't marry the man or he won't marry her rather. And it's like her mom is like visibly upset because I guess that means like a lot to her lifestyle. So or to Sunja's lifestyle and future. So uh, but then at dinner, Sunja's mom gives Sunja her extra food. Like she puts food into her bowl. Oh, man, did that have me crying? Oh, yeah. It was so sweet. (laughs) It was yeah. really like you do see like uh Kathy what you were talking about at the beginning of like 
um, this like cultural way of showing love because you see, you know, initially when Sanja is like, I'm pregnant and her mom is really upset and she shames Sanja. She's like, she's like, I thought you were like smarter than this. Or she said something like that. Yeah. And I was like, oof, that is so hurtful. Um, she's 16 and, you know, uh, I don't know. It's just like real like. I don't get the vibe that there's a lot of like sex education going on in this village either. So it was just like really like it, it really made me feel for Sanja uh, and also like for the mom. Cause you know, the, like the, the mom obviously just wants the best for her, even though she's, you know, not seeming like she's being very supportive and then seeing her, you know, giving extra food is, is, is a good a good nod to how much the mom cares about her. Yeah, it's like for for lack of words and dialogue in terms of having these kind of conversations that uh, we're taught that we should have with our you know parents or kids or whatever. Back then, it's like people don't have the language capacity for like having these heavy conversations and whatnot. Right, but and the you nuance. Know what? Everyone needs to eat, though. Yeah, and the nuance of like what we were talking about earlier about like how she has been, you know, taken advantage of by this man who's twice her age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, uh, it's devastating. It's, it's, it could be the end of uh, Sanja's life. Basically. Like you're going to be shamed forever and outcast in this society. No one's going to want to m- marry you or settle down with you and raise a family or nothing. Yeah. I thought, and this is like getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but I didn't, because she describes later what will happen to her if she has this child out of wedlock. And I understood that, like, she would probably become an old maid and that stuff. But the other stuff that she talks about, about having to leave her home and stuff like that, I didn't quite expect her treatment to be that severe. As far as I know, the, the, it all sounded very familiar to me in terms of what I have learned about um, the circumstances of a lot of Korean adoption, um, and a lot of, you know, uh, the, uh, like, uh, transnational adoption and, um, that kind of thing is because, uh, is that even, even past this time, right. Which is like the, what, 1920s, like even past then, um, how, how, conservative the the culture can be um and you know i had read that you know unwed mothers uh even like in the 80s 90s like could be denied jobs because they didn't they had a child out of wedlock and then the child would also be ostracized from society because the child was born out of wedlock and all of these things so it was not surprising to me, but I was like very sad to see that uh, that it was so commonplace and that it was so commonplace that she knew even even like the the way that she said it was like she doesn't know that just because now she's in that position. She knows that because she's witnessed it. She knows that because mm-hmm. she's seen the rest of her town and the rest of like society ostracize women who had become pregnant uh, out of wedlock. And it is so sad um, as somebody with like a personal connection to that. Um, And also to see like, God, not to be a downer, but like also when like Isak was like, 
have you thought about giving the baby up? Like her being like, I will not give up this child. I know what is at stake here and I will choose my child. Oh, it really like, oh, it really hit me. I was like, oh my God. Oh, Sandra loves her kids so much. And I have a lot of respect for that. I have a lot of respect for her. (laughs) On the flip side, you just reminded me that it's like, Isak's just kind of like, pushed his ear against the wall eavesdropping on mm. you know that conversation between Sanja and her mom yeah because he was like, like just coming too out of his like tuberculosis fog he can't move his body but his ears are just wide open yeah and so he's this he decides basically like I'm gonna rescue her and then like right. has this whole grand plan all worked out in his mind to to you know to take care of Sanja but she's got you know she surprises him and is like no um, I want to do this my way, you know? And he's like, we love it. We want to yeah. be a part like, of it. Right. Which know. is like, I'm like, I only know books. Wh- I'm like, what's your deal? I mean, like, I-, I appreciate that. It seems like it's a noble thing to do for the time to like step up and say that you'll, you know, marry and, uh, uh, be the father figure to or the father to this child that is not biologically yours. Uh, but at the same time, I'm like, you just got here. You just met her. Like, is this like, why Why are you Why are you choosing? What's What's compelling you? Is it like part of your missionariness, you know, that you feel the, the need or? I have a theory on that. That is, not, Ooh, that is just like in my mind. No one has given me any indication. But like, you know how people sometimes when they're in like near death experiences, they'll like make promises to God, you know, or mm. a God or what? they'll make mm. promises to the universe or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. if you save me, I'll do this or whatever. Maybe he like made some sort of promise like that in his mm. illness. Also, she's like very pretty. <laughs> like, she is very pretty, but I'm just like, it's so culturally like stigmatized. Yes, yes. You know, why, why? Isak, would you want to put yourself into a situation that seems like is bad? Well, I, I I don't know if it's all that noble. I because I I don't understand tuberculosis that well. <laughs> and please feel free to educate me. As well, you have me and been. Kathy, two tuberculosis <laughs> experts, are on I, the call. Yeah, please, so clearly, um, but to me, it seems like in my mind, he's kind of his time is limited, and he knows this. And like he on knows, earth, like yeah, alive, but he, his time is unlimited in heaven, of course. But um, on earth, he knows his time is limited. And he uh, in my mind, he figures that uh, no woman's going to want to settle down with me. Um, but I got money. I got clothes and shoes. Mm. I got books. And so if I if I am trying to be a good guy, then maybe what I can do is uh, pass on my material things. And also at the same time. You know, enjoy a little bit of a married lifetime with the, with someone that you know maybe not might not give me a second chance. Well, to that point, so I don't know. I think there's like a give and take there because he does a weird flex, right? He takes her to that restaurant, yes, right, where where the Japanese are serving them all of a sudden, yes, right. And Sanja could never fathom in all of her years, like, oh my god, a Japanese person serving me in this fancy Western restaurant. She's never even been to a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so to me, it's kind of like. I don't know. It's all too all 100% altruistic there. Mm. But he might tell himself that. Yeah. I mean, I do. My grandma lived to be like very old. So I don't think. Well, she had like modern medicine or more modern anyway. So I th- I don't think it like once you're over it, it's not like recurring, at least not 
to my knowledge, I am an expert. As yes, said. that's true. <laughs> but I wonder because during one of the scenes, Sonja's mom like said that maybe they had to turn over the pastor to uh, the Japanese police. So maybe mm. like in that sense, Christians aren't looked upon very well. And like maybe he's facing some discrimination that way and feels like his choices are limited that way. Does that that's true. make sense? That, right. Yeah, I think that's interesting. And I will also throw in that he has mentioned that this wasn't his first brush with death. <gasps> so, I right, because he says oh. that he said that, I think, to Sanja's mom. So it seems like maybe he has like um, chronic illness or, you know, a lowered immune system or something, or he has some sort of underlying condition that we're not aware of. Um, and many that, promises to God are made already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's in debt. Or Tom's maybe dead. he's just like enamored by Sunja, just as uh, Hansu was. But doesn't this Has go he, to wait. your point, Kim, that he's going to be the patriarch? That that I think that Isak is the patriarch. Yeah. yeah, it totally makes sense. It to, it makes sense to me that like he's like I'm going to step up, and I it sounds really familiar to me too. But I know I didn't read the book, so I'm like, am I pulling this from a different book? Am I just like inventing it? Um. Are you pulling it from Secret Garden? <gasps> oh my god, I could be pulling it from Secret Garden. <laughs> Tried to erase all of that though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also the it's other big thing we you. missed. I'm so sorry. Is that <clears throat> the Korean landowner agreed to sell after all that? Which was wild. Yes. What part was wild? Cuz I think the office scene was wild. Yeah, that I that's what I mean. Like that that like uh, the scene was like was wild and then um what's the boss's name i don't remember tom tom tom's you know. japanese is wild <gasps> guys <laughs> no i will continue to defend tom's japanese oh my god tom oh tom i don't like tom's attitude when he busts into uh solomon's office and like hangs up the phone yes that's so i don't know i'm just like so weirded out by tom Let's have the Chate- Chateau did Budweiser. Come <gasps> by. I was like, whoa, dude. Steve, I'm never Just... speaking Japanese in front of you. <laughs> no, no, no. You can. Tom can. It's going to sound ah. exactly the same. Oh, so they're drinking Budweiser? Mm. They're drinking what? Miller, Li- the champagne of beer. What is that? Uh, Miller High Life. Miller High Life in these uh, <laughs> flutes, champagne flutes. In. I'm like, no, I don't know. So uh, weird. I I can't conceive of seeing that in a in a Japanese office. I mean, I kind of just assumed that he was like making a joke, and they were they were genuinely drinking champagne. Oh, but <laughs> maybe you know not. <laughs> I guess I wasn't. I wasn't <laughs> looking for. I wasn't looking for the receptacle from which the liquid was poured from. Well, this is Steve's conspiracy. So now we all have right, a conspiracy. Right, right, right. Now we all they have a conspiracy Budweiser. theory <laughs> that they were the drinking Miller High Life. The company's not doing that well. <laughs> they were drinking Miller High Life. They're actually very much in debt. Oh my God. <laughs> That's that why they're celebrating really so hard. Oh gosh. I mean, and Solomon closes this like big, this big deal. But at the same time, Hana is like, I tried to call you four times already. Creepy, creepy. Hannah, where are you? And we at? do not. We do not know where she is. We don't know where she is. We don't know what she's doing. Isn't this from that movie, like Phone Booth? <laughs> we just got a random caller, just like keeps harassing you. Or the ring. Oh. 
<laughs> the ring. It happens in the ring too. I mean. Yeah, I don't know what genre this is going to twist into, but it's very creepy right now. The vibe creepy is Hana. very creepy. Creepy Hana. Where do you guys think that she is? I hope she's in a little... To stuff. be able to see him? Hmm? Because oh. she says she could see him, right? In the first phone call? Yeah, but then in this phone call, she says that she called four times. So, like, that leads me to believe that she's not currently in a place where she can see him. Because why would she be calling if she knew that he wasn't there? That's true. Hmm. Hmm. Clearly another seed that will sprout a mystery flower. Oh, boy. I think think that she's somewhere that is like, I think that when we find out where she is, because I feel positive that we will, I think that she's somewhere that's like meaningful to both her and Solomon. Like someplace they used to go together. As either mm. step siblings or cousins or no. boyfriend and girlfriend <laughs> or all three. No, 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 no. I think they're I do think that they're boyfriend and girlfriend. I don't think they're related <laughs> in any any way by marriage, biologically, none of it. Yeah. It it goes along with the theme of complicated family and friend relations. Steve, is it really hard for you when we have these conspiracy theories because you have read the book and you know what happens? What's hard for me is to remember if a character was in the book mm-hmm. or not. Oh. Like Pastor Ree. I'm like, I don't remember Pastor Ree. No, I have, but... it, I have it pulled up here. He's called Pastor John in the book. Pastor John? Pastor John. Um. Yeah. What page is that on? Did you... I can't tell, but I'll send it to you. I'll t- I'll okay. send it to you afterward. This this excerpt appears to be um, from when Mozasu is involved in the picture. So I don't think that uh, we've reached it in the FYI, show. FYI, um, you do know that Mozasu is is just the Japanese way of saying Moses, right? Right. Well, that makes sense because of Isak, right? Yeah, yeah. They're all like Koreanized or Japanized. Uh, biblical names so like bible characters are in hell yeah at least in this family yeah solomon oh Isaac, yeah solomon of Moses. course mm-hmm. yeah a seed <gasps> Ooh. Ooh. right <gasps> oh <laughs> i'm just like i i can't believe i haven't put it together until right now i'm just <laughs> like yeah okay we've got solomon and we've got moses and we've got isaac and you know yep yep Wow. wow. So many seeds. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I didn't put that together before. Although I did think I was like, oh, Solomon, that's a really unique name for an Asian person. But then I just didn't think anything else of it. I was just like, okay. I mean, a lot of Koreans, even in America, uh, have these Christian names, right? David. Um, David. Andrew. Whatever. Steve. You know? Um, is Steve from the Bible? That's what I heard. Mm. There's a Saint Stephen I, I heard. There's a lot. But there's a lot of um, Asian. A lot of saints and stuff like that. Yeah, and uh, kind of a, revealing a grace. Grace, yeah, a lot of Grace Parks and Choi's. Kind of revealing the the deep kind of uh, connection that Christianity has in uh, modern Korean history. Right. Oh wait. 
Okay, last thing before we oh, go yeah. is before they get into the restaurant, we didn't talk about this, before they get to the restaurant where it looks like they're eating udon and it does look very delicious, um, uh, Sunja and Isak are walking down the like pier and who do they see? Oh, yeah. But Hansu has returned <gasps> and Hansu sees Sunja standing there with Isak. And I was like, Siri, play Jealousy by Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the vibe is like very tense. Good, mm-hmm. Hansu. Feel bad. Yeah, yeah. I was like, Hansu, get she out of here. another man. Just mm-hmm. like simply go away. Not hottie just behavior, can I just say? Not hottie behavior. Oh, we I I, I officially would like to rescind <laughs> oh. his hottie status. Wow. wow. Harsh, it, harsh. This is extremely not, not hottie even probation, behavior. just no, fully rescind. rescinded. This is rescinded. Worse than getting wow. canceled. That's oh, a first. it is way That's worse than getting canceled. You have had your hottie status rescinded by the Korean drama podcast. Damn. That's a permanent thing. I mean, I, I it would take so much for him to redeem himself. It would be a very long and arduous appeal process. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't see a world where it would happen. Mm. Mm. It's extremely bad behavior. Mm. I mean, yeah, Isak is set up pretty much like the opposite of Hansu, right? He's like, Hansu, uh, I guess, is re- supposed to represent street smarts, but not... Actually, I don't know if he's educated. Seems pretty smart. It seems like he is because remember he was like drawing out a map on a rock. Oh right. Yeah. Okay, so Hansu's like, I know the world and how the world is and how cutthroat it can be. So that's why I'm cutthroat. And then Isak is like, I've studied the world in ideal terms in textbooks and stuff. So he has a very idealistic vision for you know what a person should be and could be. To mm. me, Hansu is very like sex. Edgy, <laughs> exciting, and oh, Isak yeah. is very like cute and like stable. stable. Yeah, you oh. know what you're getting, you know, and that's like the yeah responsible. That's the classic dilemma. Yeah, all of which is haughty behavior. And <laughs> responsibility, mm. very hot. <laughs> oh, very haughty behavior to be responsible. <laughs> how how typical. That Sonja falls for the hot, sexy guy, mysterious guy. Ooh, so mysterious. So mysterious. Yeah. But we'll see how this plays out, I guess. Ooh, and so when Hansu wasn't there, he was probably with his family. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, I I suppose so. Rude. I like how Sonja stalked his, like, little cabin or office cabin or whatever that was. Like, with his little abacus and as if he was in the middle of calculating some some you know his sales and then like had to leave in a hurry <laughs> i don't think i even clocked that there was a brief snippet and then it cuts to the the marketplace where the fisherman's explaining to her oh yeah he suddenly left uh we don't oh, know and okay. now prices are going crazy like it's because he's not here but you know he's so got other things to do is that his job like setting the prices <laughs> and know. also measuring the fish because remember he was very mad that a fish was too small right, right. it's his forearm is the he marker. only has two forearms and he took them both to osaka yeah. with his family yeah which is like he, even... I, he should be with his family but i'm saying like family like that because it's like he's trying to keep his family a secret yeah that's not cool yeah. i'm sure that they don't know he's clearly not you know happy in his 
family, his official marriage. Right. Well, he even says it's like a business arrangement, which is yeah, extremely like Bridgerton behavior. <laughs> Very I'm Bridgerton. a Bridgerton expert now. I've seen <laughs> one season of it. Uh, yep. And then uh, what is it? We end on this episode with uh, old Sanja wanting to go back to Korea to bury uh, Kyunghee's yeah. ashes. <laughs> so sweet. Yeah. Hmm. You know, I had a uh, conversation recently uh, with my girlfriend where she was laughing at me. Well, okay. Question. Have you guys ever seen a Korean grave site? No. Uh, only as so far as we have seen in uh, K-dramas. Garden? Yeah. Okay, so K-dramas, they have the little like cubby hole with the picture and like the urn. Because real estate is limited. Yeah. There's not enough space in Korea to bury everyone in the ground. But traditionally, um, I'm not sure how far back this goes, but to my understanding, traditionally there's like a, a burial mound. There's like a like a little half dome of grass or like a like a little mini hill to indicate where someone's been buried. And you it's know, the and ashes, right? Like they don't bury the the like intact body. You know what? I don't know. I always mm. thought it was a body. But I think maybe it's just ashes mm. in the mound. But that's what I thought. But then um, I never once thought that my girlfriend laughed at me because I thought that the body of the ashes would be buried in the mound. But then she was saying that it should be underground because then like animals and stuff will get to it and like dig up the stuff. So it should be. That's why there's like a custom of burying things like six feet under. So then my question is, well, if you have this mound that protrudes above the surface well then how deep do you have to go <laughs> okay i need to look this up and uh, I'll get back i to don't you guys. know <laughs> the answer I, I think that it makes sense what your girlfriend is saying uh and i i think that maybe the mound is just the marker yeah know? so like uh, like in america we have for the most part just like a flat gravesite right and the body whatever goes under mm-hmm. but then with the mound that's a lot of extra dirt you gotta find from somewhere and put on top gosh i wish i wish i knew the answer i mean if you're gonna lo- know about tuberculosis i would assume but you i know can only about know about Korean. one thing and i picked tuberculosis it's very specifically <laughs> tuberculosis and one season of bridgerton and one season of Bridgerton. All right, all right, fine. And it wasn't the first season of Bridgerton either. By next episode, hopefully we'll all be experts. Jesse, if you could send us a link to this to answer this Jesse, question. Jesse, please. We're now, Thank you. We're, we've now text, taxed Jesse with being the like <laughs> dramaturg of this show. <laughs> Jesse, yeah. no obligation to do this. Um, you have done. Yes, you no have pressure. done please more than your duty. We will. We we. Someone will get to the bottom of it. Perhaps it will be Steve. Perhaps because I'm gonna. Because remember, I have my homework of doing the moral alignment chart and family tree for everybody. Mm-hmm. So you know what? I hope the next episode will tell us exactly how this burial <laughs> stuff goes. Like a Ken Burns I mean, maybe documentary we'll find out. break. Yes. Any final thoughts, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just like they're just setting up all this stuff to to like. You know, answer all these questions that we have. Yeah, I will say that like this moves so much faster than a Korean drama. So in that way, I really don't. And the content, I'm like, I really feel that this is not 
uh, Korean drama in the in the sense that we're used to. Yeah, I I can't help but feel like Korean dramas are like, you know, those like, um, you know, the in the Batman movies, um, it used to be very cartoony, and then it got to a point where it was like very like gritty and real and mm-hmm. like oh like the backstory and origin story of how people became villains or heroes. Korean dramas feel like the cartoony version of stuff. And then this, it still has that same trope of, um, you know, rich guy, poor girl, whatever. But um, less less of that lighthearted humor, more of the gritty. The content is heavier. Yes. Yeah. A little bit more serious, a little darker. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I got nothing else. I don't have anything else. Me neither. What, what's our uh, Instagram handle again? Our Instagram handle is at Korean Drama Podcast, and our Twitter is at Korean Drama Pod. And I have created a link tree on the Instagram. So if you find our Instagram, you can hit the link tree and it'll take you also to our Twitter. It Ooh. will also take you to our most recent episode, which obviously you found because you are listening <laughs> to it. Um, and it will also take you to our listener survey um, because we'd love to get to know more about you all. And um, I think it's very cool that we have listeners listening internationally. I just think that's, yeah, it blows my mind. It blows my mind. So um, thank Internet. you all for, for listening and for tuning in to this succinct comedy show. <laughs> all right. Well, then, see you next time. Bye bye. Goodbye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Korean Drama Podcast. Our producer is Marvin Yue, and our executive producers are Will Choi, Phil Yu, and Joanna Lee. Follow the Korean Drama Podcast on Twitter at Korean Drama Pod. And if you haven't, give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. The Korean Drama Podcast is part of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian-American hosted podcasts featuring unique voices and stories from the Asian diaspora. Learn more about Potluck and our fellow Potluck Podcasts at podcastpotluck.com. Hey, Ryan, what's black and white and red all over? I don't know, Ramen. Two nuns having a chainsaw fight? Dude, inappropriate. Come on, man. This is supposed to be a podcast promo for our secret underground podcast, Quarantine Comics. Oh, yes. Quarantine Comics, the weekly comic book club where I, ace reporter Ryan Joe, and I, mild-mannered Ramen Sutton, team up to discuss some of comics' greatest works. Or just some really cool comics that we've been wanting to read. From Alan Moore to Uzumaki. From Arakas to Zendaya. From Adrian Tomine to Jean Lun Yang. You might not have heard of half the stuff that we're reading. Or the other half is just pop culture superhero stuff. They could just read the books with us, right? Yes, they could do that, but you could also just send us money. No, Ryan, that's not how passion podcast projects work. Why in the hell are we even doing this? Uh, I'm sure we'll be back by next week's episode. So, tune in each week to Quarantine Comics. That's qtdcomics.com. Set phasers to fun.